you know, having said that, I don't think they're going to let me into He-Man and have him be like, by the power of motherfucking grace, though. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 79 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Miguel Garza, a.k.a. the president of the Steve Orlando Fan Club. And the number one fan. <laughs> awesome. Hashtag I'm the number one fan. That's right. Hashtag I'm the number one fan. It doesn't apply to Kiss today. It applies to Steve Orlando. I, it can also apply to Kiss. Hey, by the way, hello, but also... I just have to jump in because I am Kiss's number one fan, so you can go to hell. Oh, oh, oh! I got Kiss lights! A new challenger has arrived. <laughs> Kiss lights, please. My whole goal in comics is to make enough that I can be buried in the Kiss coffin. <laughs> I'm going to have Gene Simmons lick me <laughs> before I die. <laughs> no, that's bold. There's a lot that could come of that that you wouldn't expect, so I definitely won't do that. That sounds like an expensive request. <laughs> like, like Gene Simmons' tongue and Tommy Lee's drumsticks, two of the most like disease-ridden things probably yeah. uh, in the history of rock and roll. So. But they never encountered Miguel before. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What are you saying? <laughs> Fine, I'll just have Kiss play at my funeral. How about that? That might be expensive, too. It might be? Okay. Listen, you could probably get Ace Fraley to play during this show for like $500 and a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's your, that's your favorite anyways, right? No. <laughs> Thanks for the CD, by the way, Justin. Appreciate that. <laughs> I got him an Ace Freely CD for Christmas. It was awesome. Oh, my God. I, that's a whole other. We're already off topic, but Ace Freely's bed singing on, uh, on Shock Me is like the most un- unenthusiastic and like slurred word uh, pronunciation that I've ever heard in rock and roll to the point where like I will often, when my friends from Syracuse are listening to it, I will get these like phonetic text messages mimicking the song from them that say like life is our names that is action grows <laughs> um yeah, that man man he doesn't know where if he's on he doesn't know where he is uh but anyway um <laughs> about comics thank you for having me back gentlemen we're always happy to have you on steve uh, this is your fourth time coming to comical podcast yeah you get on here one more time and we'll be you can be like booker t you can be the five time five time five time five time comical podcast guest oh, i think you're gonna take that a different way like we have a punch card and when he hits five he wins some kind of prize oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> i like both of those ideas <laughs> well we do have a new sponsor we do have a new sponsor you want to talk about them real quick go ahead throw it out there Okay, so our new sponsor is Bedrock City Comics here in Houston. They have five different locations where you can buy anything sci-fi, fantasy, or comic related. Anything you could ever want, you can find there. And uh, we have a special promo code which you can use on their website. And their website is bedrockcity.com. You can buy any apparel and use the promo code BEDROCK, and you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of apparel. Is it strange that the Harley Quinn dress is appealing to me? A little bit. Is it? Well, I have the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, you, did anybody see the... Uh, the free Harley Quinn masks they were giving away at comic shops today. Did you see that, Steve? Yeah, were, I saw pictures of people wearing them. They were extremely unnerving. <laughs> Miguel poked out one eye hole. It's <laughs> like an incredibly creepy photo. I think that like you should wear She-Ra over uh, Merman, which would be wonderful. <laughs> hey, I fought She-Ra at Comic Palooza. I don't know if you saw. I that. know. Every any, I try to favorite all pictures you guys post of you guys in the Merman mask because it makes me really happy. <laughs> We have so many people come up to us and, and just be like, 
Where did you get that? That's amazing. <laughs> Listen, if I could find, uh, I shouldn't say this because then I'll have to eat my words and actually do it. But if I could, if if I could, if I'm on a panel that will allow it, I'll wear a merman mask at a panel one time this year. Um, I just have to find a merman mask. <laughs> they're they're on eBay every once in a while. It's not, but you'll know it's for you if you see me. If you see me at like at like like Comic Con coverage, there's a picture of me wearing a fucking merman mask. You'll know. I'll go to scream like ah! <laughs> it's, for, it's for it's for comical podcast. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so <laughs> we know we love Steve, but let's get into these comic things so we can talk about all about Steve here. All right, you so know? let's let's rush through the comics. That's right. Let's get through this comic mess and we can talk about Steve. <laughs> okay. So then, what were your top two this week, Miguel? Number two, we can never go home. Number three. That was my oh, number shut two up. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rosenberg. Matt Rosenberg. Only drinks chocolate milk, but continuous comics are great. <laughs> I love this book, man. The girl has superpowers, kicking butt, breaking arms. The dude is a wimp and still gets punched like every single time. Well, he allegedly has superpowers. We haven't actually seen anything manifest yet. What, he's got a gun? Uh, well, he, he <laughs> says that he can kill people with his mind, but we've never seen him actually do it so far in the story. He's, not, he's getting punched left and right. You'd figure by now, like, I'm going to use my fire starter on you. <laughs> and he doesn't do it. He gets smacked. And then the girl's got to save his behind. You know, it's really good. It's a great story, and they're on the run, and, you know, I, I love it. it. I just can't get enough of it. It's, it's funny. Well, he's, he's kind of a bumbling kind of character. Like, he makes mistakes. I mean, when the cops come to the motel room they're hiding at, uh, he, she's like, grab all our stuff. we got to get out of here. And she escapes, fights off the cops, and he pulls the car around, and she's like, what did you bring me? And he's like, well, I brought my clothes. Uh, and she's yeah. like, well, you, you didn't bring my clothes? You didn't bring the, the, the pile of money we had? <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't think that was important. And she's in a towel. And you call him an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know why it appeals to us, because he is a bumbling idiot, and he has a hot girl with him. There yeah, you go. Maybe that's what it is. I, I mean, know. we're both ugly. There you go. <laughs> that's why we wear masks. It's a real fun story, though. I, I do really like it. And it's a small press book, Black Mask Publishing. Uh, if you have a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it, because it's been great, all three issues so far. And not everybody reads really small print press like Black Mask. So. They should. It's really good. I agree. I agree. So that was your number two as well? That was my number two as well. What was uh, your number one? Uh, let's see. See if you can match me. Saga number 29. Nope. I got a different one. Really? Yeah. A shame on you. Because <laughs> Saga just got good again. This was a great issue of Saga. Uh, Brian Vaughn, obviously the writer. Fiona Staples, the artist. It's a, it's a good issue. A lot of people die. Yeah, I'm going to be kind of pissed if the one person's dead. <laughs> It, it definitely leaves things in a precarious situation with the people that were going to get the uh, dragon semen. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they found the male dragon. Yeah, was, what the uh, hell was he doing? <laughs> he was, he was I sucking, think you're very aware of what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly what he was doing. Uh, but, you know, when they, went to, when they went to collect the specimen, it, it took a turn for the worse. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it wasn't a great issue, because it was. It just wasn't quite enough to be my number one. He couldn't pull that one move. Was a guy, a Freddy Got Fingered guy, <laughs> where he's like, look, Daddy, look what I can do. <laughs> I mean, that is a rare and magical talent uh, that I have <laughs> only, only seen a few times in my life. And it's really, it's like a unicorn, basically. Or a dragon. Nice. <laughs> so what was your number one, then? Uh, my number one was actually Harrow County number two from Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook. I like that book. I didn't read the first issue until today as well. Uh-huh. And you know, reading the two issues back to back, I just I fell in love with the story. You know, it's really charming and, and really dark and twisted at the same time, and it has that weird, you know, niche. It just hits that exact right spot to really kind of draw you in and, and creep you out at the same time. Yeah, it's got creepy issues. Yeah. I mean, the tree. Uh, it's, it's about a girl who grows up on a farm, and there's a tree outside of her window, which 
is evil. She can tell it's evil. She knows it's evil, but she doesn't really know what caused it to be evil. And as she goes along, she finds out that years ago there was a witch that lived in the town, and everybody got together and killed her. And in order to kill her, they had to stab her, decapitate her, light her on fire. Boom, shakalakalaka. (laughs) They did a bunch of things to take out this witch, and her last words were that she would return. Now, the best thing would have been if you'd put it in her, she's heating up! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so the thing is, this this girl is the only girl that's been born into the town, so some of the townsfolk are considering the fact that she might be the witch reborn. And her father, who's the farmer, has been, you know, watching her very meticulously. And, you know, for a long time, nothing really appeared. She didn't really do anything magical or anything suspicious. But then she wandered into the woods and... <laughs> Magically suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky charms! <laughs> no, but then she goes in the woods and stumbles across the skin of a young boy. <laughs> that's, that's the creepy part. And then she's walking around with it. <laughs> yeah, and then she, she decides to put it in her purse and bring it back home with her and talk to it. And, uh... Things get creepier and weirder as it goes along, but it was really, really good. It's got that creep value, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. That was actually probably my number four. Between that one and the book of the week, I was having problems. That was gonna, it was fighting it out, but it wound up, I wound up going a different way. Okay. So what was your pick of the week then? Pick of the week was mantle number two. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't give away the twist to the mantle when the first issue came out, but mm-hmm. basically there's a new mantle for the second issue. Uh, the girl who was the friend of the guy who was the mantle in the first issue. The guy with no head? Now has the power. And, <laughs> and once you get the power, <laughs> she, she's not He-Man. <laughs> but the plague, who's the villain, is coming after her and you know, killing people left and right, trying to find her. They take her to the special sanctuary and they're trying to train her. But at the same time, she can't use her powers because whenever she does, it's like a beacon for the bad guy to come and find her. Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a really good book. Uh, I really enjoyed both issues of that. It's, it's just they it didn't quite crack my top three. Whoa. So what was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week was actually Batman number 41 from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, I really like the new take on Batman. Is Capullo lying in your pockets? <laughs> I'm just wondering, because I ain't seen any of that Capullo money. No, no, but everybody knows it's robo-bunny Batman, and they even made a joke about it looking like a bunny suit in the book, which I thought was funny. Um, you get to see him learning to use it and fight with it and stuff, and you, this whole thing with Harvey Bullock not wanting to work with him because he's doing something outside of the law at this time. And uh, the coolest thing, though, was the moment where he steps outside of the big exoskeleton suit, and you get to see him, and he's still wearing bat armor. He still looks like Batman. And the, the design of the interior bat armor is totally badass. I just loved it. Uh, there's so many cool things in the book, and you know, I'm interested to see where they take this with Jim Gordon being the new Batman. Well, we know how the one before this ended, and that still had me reeling. And this is pretty good, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm following Greg. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Well, Steve, I know you don't get your books on a regular basis because they get mailed to you, but have you read anything recently that you really enjoyed? Well, I also really like Batman 41. I did read that this week. And uh, as I take a look at my secret, uh, now I work for DC and can read things that are out this week. Um, what else did I enjoy? <laughs> um, actually, you know, I really liked the, the new Hellblazer book. I, I, I was I was excited for that, um, and I think Riley is a crazy good artist for it, and it doesn't look like any other book out there. It doesn't look like a standard DC book or standard Big Two book. I shouldn't even say DC book. Uh, and, you know, James and Ming are, are doing, have a love for the character, and, and, it's, and it's apparent. You know, he's back to his roguish ways, uh, you know, sexy, dangerous, and relatively lacking in shits to give, and so... Uh, I actually really liked issue one of Hellblazer. Me too. Uh, it was really close to my top of the list. Uh, again, like I'm a huge fan of Riley Rossimo, and like you just said, he's a perfect fit for that book. I'm well, still- and, I, and, I, and I'm all about transparency in comics, and I'm also all about reality checks in comics. So 
for everybody that says, oh, like, oh, Hellblazer can never be in the DCU. Oh, John Constantine can never be a DC character. On one hand, I hear you because there was a Hellblazer book for 300 issues. But on the other hand, check yourself because, man, he was a DC character before he went to Vertigo. So I, I was never, like, worried uh, about him joining the DCU. It's just all about finding the right people, and I think they have, and it's baller. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Constantine showed up in The Darkest Night. He was out there with Swamp Thing. Oh, he was there. He was in there, but I mean, like when he was first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He. Oh, I'm sorry. I I heard Blackest Night when you said Darkest Night. You're right. Yeah, no, Blackest yeah, Night, yeah. My bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I mean, like that. That's sort of the fun thing. And I think that you know, it, as long as you keep him to that that danger and you stick to that horror aspect of the character, uh, he, he can be the DC when he's a totally unique character. Um, and I was pretty shocked by the first page. I uh, wish I thought of that for my book. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it was great. So I, I'm excited for people to see it. I, I saw it, like, last week, and I was waiting until I could talk about it. Well, sadly, I didn't really know much about John Constantine. I mean, I, my first experience of him was through The uh, Blackest Night and then watching the show, which I totally loved. And so that's why I'm on board with uh, Constantine there on the new book. So, I, um, you know, I've become a Constantine fan, and, you know, I wish the show wasn't dead, dead, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Save that for the news. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nothing ever goes on track when we talk with Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I also did really like Batman 41. Uh, You know, it's it's like, I like things, I've always been a guy that likes things to take risks when it comes to comics. Like, it makes me an atypical comics reader because I don't like things to always end necessarily in the status quo. So, I mean, and as Scott says in interviews, like, obviously we know Bruce is going to be back at some point. But the interesting thing is, like, how far afield he's going in between there. And it feels totally fresh. And from a to- from a really nerdy point of view, I also really love that the new Batman suit has police lights on it. That's something <laughs> that can only happen in comics. And uh, I think it's funny. It's at the same time awesome and like funny as fuck, uh, but in a way that uh, just really makes it like pure like distilled comics to me. Like it's a guy in a robot suit with police lights on it with a gun that fires batarangs, and it works because it's comics. And I think that's fucking great. Couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly. <laughs> Well, let's talk about you then, Steve. Let's move on from this week's comics and talk about what's been going on with you and what's been going on with Midnighter. Small independent project. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did, you know, so Midnighter came out last week. Um, and now I can, you know, finally uh, drop the mic, I guess, and walk away and hand it off to uh, to Frank Barberi. Um no, I, it's uh, it's been a crazy week, gentlemen, uh, and and I mean that sincerely. It's you know from the time it was announced, from the time I pitched it, Midnight has been a character that, uh, without getting too corny, super influential on me and super important to me. So the idea that I was getting a chance to pitch for it was already a bucket list character for me uh, as my first major DC work. Kind of insane, kind of like jumping right into playing for the Yankees uh, if I knew anything about sports. Um, so. Uh, the fact that it is there and people saw it and aren't out for my blood is crazy and wonderful. And the response has been awesome. Um, you know, every, every type of thing that I hope would happen with it really has happened. People who are new to the character, uh, immediately discovering why he's great. People who are long-term fans of the character saying, this is the, you know, we're back, you know, he's back finally. Um, people who, you know, who have sent me private messages on, on Twitter saying that it's given them the confidence to, you know, to, to, to come out. It's only been out for a week, and I have people saying that to me now. So wow. uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing, and it's a great thing that we can make these powerful books at the same time. It's a book in which he kills the guy with a T-bone steak. So it's still <laughs> totally me. Uh, and um, there's, there, there, there's just uh, 
you know, something surreal but awesome about that. That's awesome. Well, we both picked it up, and we both absolutely loved it from cover to cover. I think we both said it as our number one last week. <laughs> that's that's very nice of you. I thought you'd at least like the steak kill, you know, like that. That was in the original pitch, and so having it be on the page, and so many people that are like, oh, he just killed someone with the steak. Very pleasing to me. <laughs> well, Justin made a good comment when it came out. As you know, I didn't give Midnighter a fair shake in our comical challenge that we did, the 64 Challenge last year because i didn't know much about him and you introduced him to me the first time I and mean, i was going to pick it up because you were doing it and i was like oh my god this is really good i mean okay. i don't even know much about this guy and this guy's pretty badass and justin said you have a certain way the way you write and the way you say things it, it, it just it's just perfect and it just was perfect with the entire book and i'm trying to find i took a picture of one of the one of the frames that i tweeted out because it's like it's one of my favorite lines in the in the book and I can't find it right now. It's something to do about punching his liver. Or uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my Twitter right now, trying to find it. Oh well, yeah, that's when he says he's you know he's not he, he won't just kill him. He'll I mean I don't know the exact line, but yeah, he won't just kill him. He'll like punch his fist through his liver and he'll be dying for hours. Um, I mean that's the fun of Midnighter to me, especially is that you know he's he's the shadow by John Woo, and that's not my quote. That's Warren Ellis, the creator's quote. But to me, that's like free license to make him say the most badass movie action star things uh, that I can, even you know, even more so than other characters. You know, like he's supposed to be quotable and witty. So yeah, that's intimidating, but I'm, I'm glad it connects with you guys. And I'm a sarcastic son of a bitch myself, so uh, it is kind of an easy fit. I found it. I'll burst your eyeballs and punch my fist into your liver. You'll be dying for hours. You hurt people in front of me. Pay the check. <laughs> and then he's pointing like you just did on your thing here when you're pointing at Justin <laughs> through Skype, just like you did. He's pointing two fingers. You're pointing the one. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Freaking well, that was, that was in the original page, too. Uh, actually, it's funny because a lot of it made it an issue one that was spread throughout the, the whole, uh, at least the initial story arc, like, um, you know, when I pitched the book, I wrote like a cold paragraph and it was of that scene where like this guy, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, midnight should be at the disadvantage, uh, you know, cause he, the other guy has a gun and his gun is his fist, you know, his finger is making a gun. Uh, but like, that's part of the character a lot. His super, one of his powers, so to speak, is that he's an intimidating bastard and maybe he's bluffing or maybe he's not, but you never, I mean, you don't want to risk if he's not. And, and, and that's always been part of the character, that, that fear factor that he puts into people, uh, which I think is awesome. Uh, you know, the, that idea that he, you know, that feeling that you get walking down an alley in the middle of the night. Well, the person that's maybe following you, he does that for them, uh, which, which is, uh, I think, a huge part of the character. Well, he showed up in Grayson, I think, before you actually took over. He, was, he fought Grayson for a little bit, and he was pretty much... Well, he was fairly evenly matched, yeah. actually. Surprisingly evenly matched. I don't okay. think he was going full speed, though. I think no. he was pulling punches because I, after reading this and seeing that, I was like, "Oh man, he could have really, could have really, really, really messed him up." <laughs> but it, you know, Steve, you're doing a great job, and then to have it trending, that was freaking amazing. Just goes to show you, you know, it's touching a lot of people, definitely. Well, it's a thing; uh, pe- pe- people want it, and yeah, like that was crazy. I woke up the next day, and like, I, I don't think anyone thought that midnight would be a trend uh, for like most of the day. But it shows, you know, it's rewarding because, you know, without getting too much into the, the fact, you know, comics are a business. And so they see it without being too down about it. And they see books like this as a risk. So when it's rewarded so immediately for them, it sends the right message that these are the type of risks that they should be taking. Well, DC has, uh, has some books that are really good, and they have some that I don't think that are so great. I mean, I'm being <laughs> honest here. I mean, I'm, that's, I, I say the same, say same thing about Marvel and Image. I'm, I'm fair across the board. 
But yeah, I honestly think your book, Midnighter, is a bright star. Yeah, it's that's, top, top tier for sure. It's definitely going to change the way things go. And I think because of that and your ability to write and everything else, you're going to get a lot more to do with DC. And if they don't latch on to you and use you like they need to, then they got problems. Because and I'm, and I'm all about being used, if you know anything about me. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to write an issue of He-Man. I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, we're both jonesing for the day that you take over the new He-Man series. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, who's writing that? Isn't Seeley involved with that somehow? I know him. He's a good guy. Yeah, uh, Steve Seeley's writing it, I think. He-Man's off the chain. I ain't going to lie to you. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it has been really good. But oh, I would, it's Steve. I would love to see uh, the Steve's take on it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, other oh, the the other Sealy brother, as you know, is the Grayson writer. So I do talk to him a lot. I never even thought of that. But uh, I thought that Tim was writing it. Well, that's a, that's a digression. But anyway, um, I obviously you know I have a strong affection for He Man. Um, I although I think it has to be PG, right? That would be kind of a hindrance for me. No, there's some blood going on there. People getting <laughs> stabbed and <laughs> well. The rating system for comics is kind of weird anyways. I was reading today earlier that they had to up the age appropriateness level for Hellblazer. Because they added so much nudity and, and blood into it. Uh, um, sort of. I mean, I saw that article, and I must admit that was kind of a little bit of sensationalism. Like, Midnighter had the same exact rating as Hellblazer, and you didn't see someone putting up a clickbait article about it. You know, I'm, it was probably pitched as a T-plus book. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. I, 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 there's, a lot of, there's a lot of sort of conspiracy theories going on that sometimes the truth is much more mundane. Um, like, you know, if you're going to have someone naked on the first page covered in blood, it should probably be pitched as a T-plus book. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but, you know, having said that, I don't think they're going to let me into He-Man and have him be like, by the power of motherfucking grace, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would, though. That would be amazing. <laughs> Orko, what's under your skirt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, now you can break out the Batman, the Bat-dong. <laughs> That was one of the episodes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, with the uh, Nightshade guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll actually do a crossover between Bo and Midnighter. Call, get the licensing people. <laughs> you could do a Bo comic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I already am. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like I was talking about Mortal Kombat and someone unsolicited brought up She-Ra to me on Twitter, uh, the wonderful Jody Hauser, and I like I was like, listen, I got to do a podcast. I don't have two hours. I can't start talking about She-Ra. Um, I think she's still around too. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, she's, isn't she like she was working for Hordak in the book or something? Yeah, in the, in the uh, initial issues of uh, this version of He-Man, she was originally Despera. She was working as Hordak's daughter, and then she realized from the sorceress's spell or whatever that she was originally from Eternia. Yeah, she and, roughed up He-Man, man. Yeah, I mean, she was, <laughs> she was a badass as a villain, but then she switched sides. So, yeah, she's around. She's got a horse. We haven't seen Bo yet. No, no Bo. No. I haven't seen Swiftwind yet, either. No, he was there. He talked. Was he? Oh, no, he yeah. said, no, he did something. He was there. They got on him where they had to get away. That's spoilers for Game of Thrones, guys. I haven't watched that episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even think about this. Idiot Mortal Kombat. How awesome would that be? What? He, he Man and She Ra in Mortal Kombat? No, no, no. Steve writes in Mortal Kombat. Oh, God. That, that's, yeah. Kill, that's Killson, I think, that does Mortal Kombat. Oh. The Mortal Kombat X series has been pretty good so it's far. Really good. Yeah. I really love it. Braden took it from me today. <laughs> he took all the issues out of my box. I was reading a little bit about it. I was reading a little bit about the Mortal Kombat mythology today, obviously, as I was watching like Lyndon Ashby be a person. And. Um, 
like about Kodal Khan and things like that. It's gotten pretty deep. I was I, like, it's surprising. There's actually like a huge backstory that you don't see with something like Street Fighter, uh, which like after 25 years or something, it's still like Shadowloo versus Guile, um, <laughs> which is not bad. It's very simple, but it has it hasn't really developed at all. Um, but Mortal Kombat has some great stuff. Now, though, I always kind of wonder, because of Mortal Kombat versus DC, I really wonder if Raiden would beat Superman, and it really weighs on me. Hmm. These are the things I care about, like <laughs> like social issues, whatever, fuck it. Can Raiden beat Superman? <laughs> he should be able to. Magic. Yeah, magic typically beats Superman. Is it magic? He's a god, though? Does that mean that the new gods could beat Superman? This is a road that we don't, I don't know if we have time to go down. <laughs> Superman wears a shirt now. Yeah. He's kind of gotten mundane a little bit. Yeah. Come on, Superman. He's not even going by Superman anymore, right? He's going by Clark Kent mm-hmm. just in his daily life, I think. Well, the fact is, like, again, like, just like Bruce Wayne, like, I, I, I think that that'll be an interesting diversion or not. But the fact is, is that, like, you know, he's going to be back in the costume at some point. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either if it's a year from now or whenever. I don't have secret info on that, but, like, I used, it used to be that at least Bucky and Jason Todd were dead. And now that that's not the case, like, anything can happen. I remember there was actually, I don't know if you guys read Wizard back in the day, but, you know, they used to do, like, the character fights, mm-hmm. like, Martian Manhunter versus Vision, and all the, which, obviously, Martian Manhunter would win that, but regardless. <laughs> so they did one, like, morbid as fuck, right? They did one, and it was Bucky versus Robin, and there was just two skeletons laying on the ground. I think I have that issue of Wizard, actually. Oh, my gosh. Oh my <laughs> fuck up. And the joke's on them, because they're both back now. <laughs> Well, I mean, they didn't. They couldn't have foreseen that in like 1994. So nice. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you guys like the book. I'm glad. I mean, and hopefully more stuff. I mean, like there's a, there's at least one ridiculous like action movie or badass thing in every issue. Uh, you know, otherwise we're not doing it right, in my opinion. Uh, specifically, I'm excited for issue three where he fights Multiplex, which to me was like I can't believe I didn't think of that earlier. Like. That's like the gift that keeps on giving for him. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty baller. How long? Uh, how many issues are they projecting? Are you going to try to do for Midnighter? Um, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I didn't say it. it's not a miniseries. Thank goodness. <laughs> no. It's, uh, so that is a joke answer and not a joke answer because it's an ongoing series. So you know, um, we're going to go as long as the the you know you guys buy it and and, and people want it. I you know I, I'd write that book until. There's no more book to write or no more me. Um, so I'm on board for as long as they'll have me and you guys will have me. And uh, uh, do I have personal goals? Yeah, I would like to personally somehow try to make it go long enough so that we could squeak into 2018. Because 2018 is Midnighter's 20-year uh, anniversary as a character. Uh, he's old enough to join the army but not drink. And uh, I, I would like to at least be around until then. But that's not like, a, ooh, they've got a commitment to that. It's going to go as long, it can go longer than that or shorter, depending on if people buy it. Hopefully, we'll just have more s- stupid shit happen as each issue goes on and the numbers will go up. I'm going to say this now. This book is going to become the new Batman. I think, <laughs> I think honestly, I think, Steve, I really do believe you're going to, because the age that we're in now and everything else and how things are going and whatever's happening with all our f- different fans and people who are reading comics and who are really into it and, and the passion behind it. Uh, I think this book is going to be, is going to be a hit. I'd say it's already a hit. It transcends. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like, I don't know it's going to be as big as Batman. I think I was just about to make the comment. I mean, I'm not being an, a butt kiss here right now at all. I mean, you, everyone knows my three are thanks. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> just a little bit. It's freaking Steve, man. Something down there. I kiss anybody's <laughs> butt. We're going to do it to Steve. <laughs> Fair enough. Batman, Joker, and Harley, we know this. 
and we know Harley's my number one. And I told you Batman Joker. But Midnight has creeped in there. He's creeped in there pretty much on the same level as Batman. Batman's dead right now, so it's the Joker. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think a better way to maybe say this is that Thank you. the Midnighter is going to become a more well-known mainstream kind of character uh, instead of being... A B-lister? A B, well, he, it's not necessarily that he was a B-lister. It's just that he was rarely used. I mean, you can say it because it's true. I, I'm, I'm not offended by that. Um, well, when it happens now, DC, when you start thinking DC, it's no longer going to be Superman, Batman, whatever. It's going to be Batman, Midnight, or Superman. Well, that's what they're trying to do with the whole new faces of DC kind of thing, too. I mean, they want to bring some of their lesser-known, lesser-used characters to the forefront and have new writers and artists. And just, It seems like that's what they're trying to do is just make these other characters get some time in the spotlight. If the popularity of this comic keeps on going the way it's going, there will be a series. There will be a TV show. I mean, look at The Flash, look at Arrow. I, I could see Midnighter eventually oh, coming mid- to TV. Midnighter TV series would be pretty badass. Would it be CW or would it be Netflix? I could actually see it, see it happening. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah. We're talking about Daredevil, and now The Punisher's going to show up on Daredevil with your favorite actor. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. I, I, could, I feel it. I see great things here. I mean, we know Steve. I, I see it happening. Okay. I really do. Okay, so here, here's a question for you, Steve. If Midnighter was going to be on a TV series or as a cameo on Arrow or something like that, who would you want to play the character? Um, well, you know, it's funny. That answer has changed. Uh, when I scripted the first book, I was like, I, I told ACO that he should look kind of like Mad Bomer uh, because, you know, Mad Bomer is both gay and jacked as fuck. So I was like, all right, let's do that. But now I've seen people online saying Tom Hardy. And uh, I could, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, that's so easy. But uh, I, later I went into a lot of other movies he's done and uh, I think he'd do a great job. He's not afraid to a. He's not afraid to get into queer content. Uh, he's, I mean, he's run around naked in, in Bronson, and also had a, an intensity that I think is needed for Midnighter. Um, I don't know. I think he would do a great job. I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly, and that would obviously have to be in a film because I don't think he does TV. TV is a little harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, he definitely fits in that world that uh, Greg Berlanti has created for for. Especially Arrow, except Midnighter isn't really a guy that has, like, recurring villains. So it would be kind of hard for him to show up. And then he would have to beat up Stephen Amell, and that would just be awkward for all of us, you know? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> you so don't who, want him to lose in his own show. So who would you choose, then? Who would your pick for the Midnighter? James Franco? <laughs> James Franco, come on. McConaughey? No, definitely. <laughs> I know those are your go-tos. Keanu Reeves? Whoa. I'm just no. messing. None of those guys could do it. I mean, it would have to be a badass guy, and, and I'm having trouble thinking of somebody. I mean, you know, having said Keanu Reeves, uh, I, I absolutely not. Uh, but <laughs> but I was really sad when the John Wick guys, I mean, not sad because it's going to be great, but uh, were announced to be doing the Bloodshot movie because I thought they would do a killer Midnighter movie. Um, if you guys saw John Wick, it is mad good. Yeah, I and saw if you it. Hadn't, it really good. You should check it out. Um, and I, when I saw it, I was like, damn, these guys should definitely do a Midnighter movie. And uh, then, surprise and piss on you, Steve, they're doing a Bloodshot movie. And they're going to be great for Bloodshot, so that's not really a loss. But it, it, they would have been great. Well, it could still happen in the future, right? True. Jensen Ackles. There you go. Yeah, but I want it now. <laughs> I don't even know who Jensen Ackles is. I'm going to have to Google as we talk. That's Dean. Supernatural. Well, I would have to have a television to watch that, gentlemen. <laughs> um, oh, I could see that. He does have the piercing blue-ish eyes. He's a badass on Supernatural. Um, yeah, for a while I thought if he could dye his hair black, the guy from Vikings might not do a bad job either. Um, but he would have to dye his hair black, which I, who knows what these people do. The main, I can't the main guy or the brother? 
No, the main guy. There's a brother on Vikings. I've only watched the first season. Yeah, the, he was in the first season. The the bigger dude. Yeah, I just know that at one point in the future seasons, Donal Logue shows up as a character who's intimidating, and I find that to be so patently ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this question, Steve. With you doing DC and doing Midnighter, I'm assuming that's taking up a lot of your time. Um, any work on your other stuff, like uh, coming back to Undertow or or anything else? That, I mean, you have uh, a side. Uh, I can't break that in the podcast, sadly, gentlemen. But I will say if you're attending uh, the week before San Diego and San Diego, you might see some stuff. So things are happening that I unfortunately can't drop on the on the podcast. We'll keep our eyes out. <laughs> it's going to be pretty prominent. So you, yeah. Um, but all I will say is that I will be in San Francisco a week before San Diego. So take that to mean what it may. Okay, we'll watch your Twitter. <laughs> well, by then I won't constantly be live tweeting people that are like, "Oh, Midnighter, tell me about I can like pie now and like stuff like that," like I'm doing at the moment, <laughs> and it will be a little more normal. Well, I have a I have a question for you from our previous guest on the show. Uh, we had Jimmy Robinson on the show last week, and he lives in Oakland, California. So he was very excited to find out that that's where Midnighter is taking place, and he wanted to know how you chose that as the setting. Uh, I do, well, Oakland is the main setting, at least for the first story arc, um, because I wanted an area where he would be sort of forced to deal with, uh, you know, people of different ethnicities. Um, there was a there was a hot minute where I was thinking about maybe Detroit, but that's where Cyborg lives. And uh, but also, um, you know, I wanted to. You know, there's obviously a strong LGBT history with San Francisco, and I wanted to like sort of pay homage to that by having it be in the Bay Area, but not play totally in the stereotype of, of it being in San Francisco itself. And so, with Oakland, we get the sort of like edgy world that you expect from Midnighter, but we're still in that area that has a rich queer history. Uh, so it was just kind of perfect for me. Uh, plus, I have friends that live there, so I have infinite reference because uh, I just have them walk around, and take pictures for me. So there's also that. <laughs> couple more questions here for you. You know how much we love your independent stuff. But now with you being with DC, do you feel different? Do people treat you different? Well, uh, this is, comics is my main job now. So, yes, I feel different. I don't have to wake up and go to work every morning. So you're not doing the winery anymore? Um, no, I work for a, I work for a, a craft spirits importer. Um, but that is something I can do concurrently with, um, with comics instead of like dropping like 60 hours a week uh, working in service. So... That's the biggest difference is that now, like, I can actually have time to work on comics and, and, and go to shows. And it's a huge thing because, you know, the, the book needs support. And I like to meet people who've read it and either want to punch me in the face or not. And if, even if they do, I still want to meet them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, and, and, that's how it, and that's how I feel different. Like, you know, before, even when Midnight, Midnighter was coming out, it was, it was crazy. But, like, as you said, like, independent is something different than doing work with the big two. Like, I went back to my high school reunion and I'm from central New York, so many people have never left uh, where I'm from. Some have, to be fair. And, um, oh, what do you do? And it's like, you say, like, oh, like, I work for DC Comics. And they're like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, do you mean, <laughs> do you mean like, Slade from Arrow? And I'm like, dude, you used to beat me up. Like, well, this is weird. <laughs> so it's, it's different. Like, I, I don't feel different because I'm still just making comics all the time. But the reaction is different because... Uh, you know, people don't necessarily know intrinsically uh, what indie comics are. Like, if you're, you know, maybe if you're, if I'm at like the barber or something, and I'm like, oh, I work for Image Comics, they're like, okay, so what's, you, so what do you do for your real job? Um, 
you know, and then they say, oh, well, you know, they're the people that do The Walking Dead, and then, like, probably they've at least heard that that's a TV show, and they probably think there's a comic book based off the TV show, you know, which is sad. Um, but when you say, like, oh, I work for the Batman and Superman people, they're, you know, they're they're instantly, like, giving birth to, like, knowledge babies out of their forehead, and their faces <laughs> are melting, and it, and it is a different thing, so... Um, yeah, I mean that that is crazy, um, and and it's and it's if it's not like a weird like, I mean it's still comics. You're not you're not anybody anywhere, but it's more like for for like people like me. I mean I've been making indie comics for 15 years uh, with people not really knowing what I do, and so yeah, the fact that people actually can identify what I do as a job is pretty odd and also great. Like there's no questions when I cash my paychecks now as to how I got them, uh, which which is always nice. And, uh, you know, people don't think that I'm secretly, like, dealing drugs and not making comics. Uh, so all those things are good. Good question, right? Yeah, that was, that was a very good question. I got good questions, man. <laughs> Let me pat myself I, on the back. Like my own, I do have my own tiger that I keep in a too small cage now. <laughs> Whoa. Is, it, is his name Cringer? Uh, well, until he gets angry, as you know. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to spoil something here real quick. In that one He-Man book, they go into the future and show what happens if He-Man, like, uses all his power. And he like becomes super evil. He's like almost like Skeletor. He's riding Panther, and he, and freaking Beastman has Battle Cat skin as a, like a robe. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it was like totally freaking me out. Yeah, it was like ultimate, that's pretty bold. Ultimate power corrupts absolutely. I mean, it's it's that kind of story where you know he gets the power and he never releases it. He never goes back to being Prince Adam. He just stays He Man permanently. And you know, over time, he stops dealing with the small stuff and just starts ruling people with an iron fist and. The the future is not so good. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty bold. I didn't know you could wear Shadow Cat or, or Battle Cat's uh, pelt. I oh, skinned him. <laughs> it was pretty rough. I'm he like, did. what is Beastman wearing? <laughs> it's kind of a shocking page. When I turned to it, I was just like, holy crap! <laughs> I know. I stopped. I'm like, oh my god! And I instantly like, I need to get Steve. <laughs> but man, well, that's good. I'm glad that. Uh, People now know who you are. I mean, obviously, we knew who you were. And well, I mean, it's, it's it's more people know what I do. It's not, I, you know, because before it's like a it's like a mystery, you know. It's just like being a musician, you know. Like, oh well, you know, surely you're also like a waiter or something. Like that can't be your whole job. And it's nice after over half one's life uh, to not have that really happen uh, anymore. And I'm always like very. Uh, I'm always like very calm, quick to like mention how long it took me to because some people, you know, people always ask like the number one question you get is how to break into comics, and I always like to make sure people know that it really did take like 16 years uh, at this point, uh, not 15 anymore, 16, um, because um, you know it, it, I, I want them to know that it did take a long time. And you shouldn't really quit, and you know, not immediately, but you really should never quit. And you should always keep trying because it can happen at any time. Uh, and that's not really the question, but I like to say it on every single venue I can because, like, I'm the poster boy for not quitting trying to get into comics because I've actually, I, you know, I was trying to get in longer than I wasn't trying to get in uh, while I've been alive. Well said, sir. Well said. I'm just waiting for whenever you start doing your con thing, you start going around, like you're going to San Diego and all that stuff, that you sit on the table and, you you know, they start looking at it and he holds up, these are the $500 sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> and then... And then point toward the camera like you're pointing toward me. <laughs> That's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> you just did a panel at uh, Special Edition New York City, right? I did do one, yes. I wasn't wearing Merman, though. I'm sorry. That's where he was looking all suave. Remember, I said, I... <laughs> check him out looking all suave. <laughs> um, yeah, I did a panel. It was weird, um, but I didn't. 
you know, I was next to much more talented people. Like I was sitting between Annie Wu and Becky Clooney, and I was like, all right, this is this is strange. Uh, um, but I mean, no, it was great. I don't have the $500 sunglasses yet though. Sometime, maybe, you know, after that undertone movie that definitely has never happened, happens in the far future. I'll be like, now I can get some sunglasses. I'll buy two pairs of sunglasses just to smash one of them. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. And you go around and nut punch uh, somebody. (laughs) You gotta work. That's a long list of people. That's a long list of people. So, (laughs) Because I tweeted that out, too, from uh, Mortal Kombat, where Johnny Cage nut punches a reptile. Yeah, Yeah, you did. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even realize, by the way, slight digression, that Johnny Cage is basically the Jean-Claude Van Damme in the kickboxer slash uh, blood sport. Mm -hmm. Like, that is his exact character, and so that's changed a lot for me. Um, Don't challenge me. (laughs) Ironic, because then JCVD became Guile, because he's very American. Yeah. Oh my God! I would love to watch that movie again sometime. Maybe that can be our live tweet this year. Is we'll watch Street Fighter. Oh, I'm with, for that. I, with Kylie Minogue as Cammy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, uh, also Raul Julia is, is uh, Bison. Bison is right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of our longtime listeners and one fan of the show, and actually my relative, uh, Eric Lopez. I talked to him yesterday, and I told him the possibility you were going to come on the show. And he's like, "Oh, you got you got to tell him this." Then he goes, "I want." You guys, being me and Justin and you, to live tweet the He Man movie with Dolph Laundry. <laughs> and he goes, I'll oh, join in. <laughs> so he's like, Hell yeah. He said, Y'all should do that next Christmas. <laughs> Have we not talked about how I find Gwildor to be like one of the most repugnant creations? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we talked about that last time. And I, I actually sent you a picture of the, uh, the action figure because I have the Gwildor toy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> No, I'd, I would love to do a live tweet of the live-action Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie. I've got that on DVD, too, so we're all set uh, for that one. Yeah. Uh, or we can do Street Fighter, either way. But we, we'll definitely do it again this year towards Christmas time. Just make sure yeah. you, you send that you know that request way in advance because Mr. Orlando is a busy man now. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Street Fighter, can I tell you that you were, obviously we all know Raul Julia died uh, during the filming. But when I was a kid, I was real stupid. So... When Bison died and was like brought back to life by his suit defibrillator in that movie, uh, I legitimately thought that that was Raul Julia dying, and then getting brought back to life by a suit defibrillator. And today I realized that was ridiculous. <laughs> I think everybody had those kind of moments when they were kids. Where I was like, "Whoa, they caught it on film!" And like me being an asshole wasn't like, "Oh, he's back to life." I was like, "Whoa, they caught him dying on film! Fantastic!" Um, same thing with the crow. <laughs> I used to always be terrified of uh, talk shows because my mom would watch talk shows and I'd see all these people looking towards the cameras and I always thought they could see into our house through the TV like it was a two-way mirror or something. Well, they, no, well, they can. So, <laughs> so. It used to bother me when I was a real little kid. <laughs> oh, man. There was a lot of scary TV when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I used to watch Zoobly Zoo, which I then looked up screen caps of that, and they are horrifying, horrifying men and women in, like, pastel color. Hold on, I'll find some. <laughs> oh, man, it's scarier than I remember. It's the main guy here. I'm going to tweet it at you guys. Uh, but it's the main guy in it has, like, this really, like, I can tell they thought it was cool, like, cat face makeup, uh, but it really just looks frightening. Um, and I used to watch this as a child, and I found it ex- extremely unsettling. And actually, looking at it right now, I still find it extremely unsettling. Wow. 
That's all I can say is wow. So like now you know why I am like I am because I watch that shit every day. I, I guess I'm lucky that I was only watching He-Man and She-Ra. Nice. <laughs> so are you you still reside in New York, right, Steve? Yeah, I'm, I am still in Albany, the extremely corrupt capital of New York State. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like they, they they arrested the Speaker of the House, and then his replacement next in line was also corrupt and like lined up for an indictment after it. So it was like wow. Uh, it's along with like like for for as corruption go like New York State Capitol wonderful. It's not as good as like overall U.S. weird stories to which I usually like default to Florida, but it's pretty good uh, when it comes to ridiculous corruption. I have uh, the, the writer of Martian Manhunter. I send him one ridiculous thing that happens in, within the continent of the United States every week because uh, he's from the UK. Um, and it's like the last two that I remember, not the last two I sent, the last two I remember were the guy in Florida who was beating his, he had a pet store and he beat one of his employees with a bearded lizard. That's crazy. <laughs> I've seen one of those things. Wow. <laughs> and then I went on today ish and like, there was like, it was like 82 year old man slashes 88 year old woman's tires over bingo dispute. I won that game. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, we're 23 right here. <laughs> we are so awesome. Cool. Let's move on to our, uh, our regularly scheduled segment called okay. Tell Me a Funny Story. You're up this week, Miguel. Man, I tell you what, I was just racking my brain trying to think of something. I don't know how funny this will be, but, you know, we recently got our pool cleaned because uh, I thought the pump had broke, but it didn't. And uh, so it sat there, and it sat there, and I put some chemicals in it, and it stopped cleaning, and it turned green. Like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next thing you know, I had an infestation of frogs. And these frogs were, like, just riveting all night long, just keeping everybody up. Anyway, so we got the guy. I paid some guy 100 bucks to get in here and clean it because I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I mean, I drained as much water as I could, and the guy cleaned it up. Anyway, that's not the funny story. Anyway, so it got cleaned. So we, the boys love to swim, and for some reason, they decide it's time to attack me. Uh, Steve, did you ever get to see the video that uh, I put out there about Justin eating a taquito? <laughs> I think I sent it to you. I'm not too sure if I did. I don't remember that, but I usually will watch videos of people eating things, so um, I, I may have watched it, but it doesn't strike strike a chord in my mind. Well, he was sitting there eating. I was in the back. So he was on our way to Kalamazoo, and I was like, watch as the gazelle is beaten, eaten by the lion. <laughs> the jaws clamp down on it. <laughs> and then he shoots the finger at me, and I put it out there, and a lot of people laughed. It was funny. It was funny. Well, my kids, who happen to be big Justin fans, uh, decided, like, when we were in the pool and I was moving around to chase them, they're like, Look at the gorilla in its unnatural habitat as it attempts to swim across the river. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> what is going on? And then, uh, so they start cracking jokes. Of course, they also like wrestling. So this is where I'm getting to. So we're wrestling in the pool. And I'm getting attacked by, you know, fake punching. But my kids tend to forget that wrestling isn't real. They don't it's know. not? No, it's not. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's going to be mad at me. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, you pull your punches. You don't really hit. You know, I flip them up in the pool, throw them upside down, whatnot, do the, you know, the John They're Cena. They're not forgetting. They just want to hit you and get away with That's it. That's pretty much what it is. I do the John Cena on them. I flip them, give them the STF and whatever, you know, or do the, the Rusev and kick them. And, well, yeah, you know, I just like to stomp on their back and like put them on the butt. I like to keep my kids humble. That's right. Put them in the scorpion leg locker, figure four in the water, do the Ric Flair. Woo! Anyway, so Braden figured, okay, I'm going to do the Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm going to kick you in the guts. 
yeah, he actually kicked me in the guts. <laughs> like, oh, you, what? I'm not going to tell you what I said. <laughs> but that's not the funny part because then uh, we, I pushed him away and he came back and I think he was going to try to do, look, I'm going to do the dirty Ric Flair, kick you in the balls. And yeah, he kicked me in the balls. Cha-ching! <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh, what the hell, man? <laughs> and of course, Kevin was like, what's the matter? These nuts get hurt? <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> So, yeah, so between that and the, uh, hey, they were looking for you, Mike. Who? These nuts. <laughs> I think that's like every day now. And they have a joke about how them, how them jewels feeling. <laughs> and I know he didn't mean to, and it's underwater. He still got a pretty good swim kick in there. I still think they probably felt better than mine did today. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell that one there, brother. Yeah, so, so it wasn't much of a funny story, but I got kicked in the nuts again. That, that's always a funny story to me. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, my knees have been killing me lately. So, I started using this Icy Hot spray. But it's not really Icy Hot. It's like ben Gay. Walgreens brand uh, hot, cold, pain-relieving spray. Therogesic. But whenever you spray it, I don't know if you ever used like that before, it disseminates and it spreads everywhere. You know, you try to do it in a concentrated area and there's just no way to contain it in that little area. So, you know, I'm spraying it on my knee and I'm spraying it on my leg and it wafts up onto a more sensitive area. Let's just say that. Go and tell where it went. <laughs> My balls were on fire. <laughs> That's tough. All day long. It was horrible. I'm familiar with the icy. That, that, you know, when I was in high school, we, that would, we would frequently prank people by, by like slathering it. I was on the swim team, like slathering it inside their suit. So when they put it on, like they would load it up. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Bad, oh, my God. And the bad thing about it is that, like, usually water will make it intensify, and their natural inclination is to be like, motherfucker. And then, like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he was he was feeling it today. Oh man, it was anyway. it was bad this morning. That's just about uh, as bad as last week. Oh Steve, also his funny story from last week was uh, he was in his cubicle and I walked around from behind him and it looks like he's rubbing his junk. I'm like, what the hell are you doing back here, man? <laughs> he spilled. He's, uh, on break. he's on break. He's on break. <laughs> he's trying to rub that icy hot in. <laughs> it's a new lo- lotion. Hell, icy hot works better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do next time our boss comes around. You should be, I'm on break, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> no, he spilled water on himself. He's trying to try it off. Yeah, I spilled water in my crotch and it looked like I burned myself. It was bad. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gets pretty hot in Texas, so I that, that's that's understandable. <laughs> You're on break. <laughs> Icy hot is the new lotion, huh? <laughs> if not orange for, is the new black, Icy hot's the new lotion. <laughs> not for me. I'm not using it ever again for underwear on first <laughs> for protection, <laughs> and then spray my knees. I'm gonna do it right next time. <laughs> Man, did you? Never mind. I was going to say, shoot junk hang that low that it spread from the knees and it got up that high? What were you doing? Sitting down? I mean, how did you accomplish that? Not that America wants to know how you got ice got from your knees to your balls. I, t- well, I had the- but it does. <laughs> <laughs> I had the fan on in the bathroom, and I sprayed. I told you, it disseminates. Like, you try to spray in a concentrated area, but all the mist kind of goes everywhere, and uh-huh. the fan was pulling it upwards, so uh, it, it just happened. It doesn't seem like we – I personally think he got it in his hands and just accidentally – was had an itch or something and gave a scratch and that's, that's how I got to him. <laughs> you even like a lot of theories about the uh, the the migration of the icy hot here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think that the how is nearly as important as, as the fact that it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you what, uh, you know, when we did Comic Palooza, was it now two weeks now? Two it was weeks? two weeks ago. So uh, he got 
his sciatic nerve has been acting up, so he's really hurt. So he's been putting a lot of stuff on him, man. I could tell him coming and going. I was like, Jesus Christ, here he comes with that there Jesus on and Ben Gay, whatever. Because he, he smelled like a walking cream factory. I'm like, man. Walking cream factory. <laughs> you know, like icy cream. You know what I'm saying? It was like, damn, I know he's here. <laughs> so I ride with him in the car like, Jesus, eyes of water. <laughs> Listen, there are a lot worse smells that can happen at a convention than that. So I would not really complain about that <laughs> It's all right. I'm crop dusting them every chance I get in this cubicle. You, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> well, this, this is something I just thought of. Uh, Uh-oh. You know, it has nothing at all to do with icy hot on your balls or anything, but uh, <laughs> a throwback to when we very first had Steve on the show. Uh, our guest for next week is Alish Cott. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <laughs> what are you guys going to talk about? Uh, his new series, Material and uh, Wolf, and probably some other stuff too. Definitely Zero. I mean, we'll mention the whole the arm thing. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> should bring up the arm, and you should also ask about his mustache. What should I ask about his mustache? Have you seen it? No. I don't know if he has it anymore, but there was a period of time when he had a mustache that was very aggressive. Huh. I'll see if I can find a picture <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Hashtag I'll the arm. It. If I can find, I'll, let me. I'll find a picture of it. I'll DM it to you. I don't want to like publicly po- publicly post pictures of his mustache. Okay. <laughs> uh, that just wouldn't be professional. That's cool though. Good, good uh, call there. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I've, it just popped in my head right. I, I don't know why it popped in my head right then, but it popped in my head right then. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ice hot man. It triggers everything. <laughs> I, I guess so, man. Getting that blood flowing, get my brain working better, I guess. Blood flowing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he took us to a dark place today, too, Steve, after talking about uh, talking about Icy Hot. My cousin, the same guy who also won, Eric, wanted to mention uh, you to do the live tweeting on uh, He-Man, made a comment about manscaping. And then my co-host over here took it to a whole new freaking level that I didn't need to know. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. I, I did not do that. We were sitting in the car driving to the comic shop, and... The, the topic of manscaping came up somehow. You brought it up. You were talking about the icy hot crap. I was again. talking about the icy hot. And I told you, Eric you, said you about manscaping. About Eric talking about manscaping. And then you said, uh, you know, I, I use scissors and sometimes you cut yourself. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then we, I was like, you don't use scissors. You use like clippers. And he's like, no, the clippers are for my hair. They're not for my balls. <laughs> I hope to God for people don't, that are close to me don't listen to this. <laughs> are, are you asking for my opinion on this? No. Because <laughs> I'll give it, but like. Scissors? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I mean, if you have an issue with having the ball clippers being the hair clippers, then you simply need to buy two pair of clippers. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. Uh, but what uh, happens if you no. confuse them and you... <laughs> I'm or telling depending you. On, or depending on your own personal roughage, like maybe a beard trimmer is all that's needed uh, for your low beard. <laughs> There's the episode name. Low beard. Yeah. Low beard. I think so. I always, I always like joked about doing a book about like pirates and having this pirate that had no beard on his face but like huge bush, and it was going to be called he was going to be called the Dread Pirate Low Beard. Oh my god! I almost spit coke all over the floor. <laughs> oh, Ryder's going to have fun with this. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's oh, all right. Since you took us there, the scissors. Um, <laughs> this should have been a funny story. Let's cut to the chase. Well, that's what exactly what happened. It was a nice cut. <laughs> the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> that's because you dropped the scissors and stopped trying, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was back when I was a younger man. Certain lady wanted me to manscape. 
you know, not too much. So I didn't have any, bla- no extra shavers, blazer. Hell, only razor I have is not the electric one. It's the one you shave your face with, you know, with the, the old school big cut your face thing up. Mm-hmm. I was not about to use that on the boys. <laughs> so, you know, you, you know, you grab the hair and you do a little snip snip. Well, I got a little snip snip too close. And I got some sack. And explain, uh, band-aids don't go down there like that. <laughs> All you heard was, son of a bitch! <laughs> My dad's like, what happened? What happened that comes running? This one, I still told you, still young. <laughs> I cut myself over here in the sink. <laughs> I'm fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Scissors are not a good idea, kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> kids. You know, to seal that, you would maybe have to use, like, super glue, but then you run the risk of super gluing your hand to your... Oh, no. And then, like, you know, your break's only 15 minutes, so, like, how long <laughs> I'm like the Zohan now, man. <laughs> you only do your manscaping at work? No! <laughs> I'm a break glue. <laughs> that's hilarious. Dude, you don't do anything at work. You know this. Yeah, yeah that's not a good plan. <laughs> uh, I like that you guys cover a wide variety of topics outside of comic. <laughs> Generally, we don't. Uh, generally, the show's mostly about comics, but whenever you come on, we tend to stray from that a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be off on a tangent with the Lash, too. Have you had him on ever before? No, no, this is our first time talking to him. Uh, well, he'll probably... If you ask him about manscaping, he'll have opinions as well, so bring it up. <laughs> we can make it a recurring segment. Oh, my God. Do tell me a funny story and then tell me about your manscaping. <laughs> oh, my God. What happens if we have a woman... Uh, he, the- he, I, he will share... He'll share... So get into it. <laughs> hey, Matt, get Jimmy back on the phone. Jimmy, tell us about manscaping. <laughs> we can do a, we can do a segment where every every time we have a guest on, the guest before gets to ask them a question. Okay, I'll call in and be like, "What about your balls?" <laughs> <laughs> so make sure we get that question Steve wants to ask Alice. <laughs> so we'll have it down. We got a question from the great Steve Orlando. <laughs> oh my god, I will probably see him in July. So <laughs> oh, that would be entertaining. Um, <laughs> Well, let's, let's move on to this week's uh, comics, movies, and TV news. So uh, what do you want to talk about first, Miguel? Let's go with comics, since we have the great Steve on. Okay, so the first thing that's in the comics category is really more of a games news piece. Okay. Uh, but apparently Ubisoft has a game coming out called Toy Soldiers War Chest, and it's the fourth version of this game. Uh, it's an action strategy game, but they're including a bunch of characters from Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe. Uh, and it's supposed to come out in summer of 2015 for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Am I on it? I think so. I think a lot of He-Man and, and Masters of the Universe characters are going to be in the game. Uh, there's some pictures and stuff online. I was looking through it. I saw Beastman. I saw Merman. I saw Man at Arms, uh, Battle Cat, He-Man. It looks pretty cool. I'm gonna have to pick this up. Faces. What about Manny Faces? Uh, I didn't see Manny Faces, but I didn't really have a whole lot of time to look at it. So he's probably there. Stinkor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we saw Stinkor at Comic Palooza. Who did see Stinkor at Comic Palooza? Uh, well, the thing is that like people who cosplay for Stinkor probably like actually generate their own stink. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. You're so dedicated. <laughs> I'm a character actor. <laughs> uh, but continue comics news, getting news out. So that's it for that one. Uh, True Believers comics are coming back. If you don't know what those are, Marvel's doing a dollar issue kind of thing to try to generate interest. And uh, the next run is coming out in September, and it's going to focus on the women of Marvel. So it's going to be like the first issue of Spider Gwen and Silk and Black Widow. And uh, even Princess Leia. And people can pick those up for a dollar. Okay. It's kind of like what, what Image does with the Image First line. Okay. So just to kind of generate an interest and get people to check out new series that they might not otherwise pick up. I'm not interested. Oh, you and I, 
you, you and I pick up the series, of course, we as have. they come out. So I mean, we have the four dollar versions of the same book, so it won't Got really affect lot. us. <laughs> that's stuck it to us now. Ain't <laughs> sticking it to me a second time. It's uh, better because you paid more for it. That's right. <laughs> Damn it, I got my Midnighter number one. I'm going to get it signed somehow. Steve, after this, give me your email again. I mean, your address so I can tweet it again. <laughs> I'm going to send you my number one so I can get it signed. I still can't believe you did that. That was by mistake. It wasn't on purpose. You remember that, Steve? Uh, vaguely, yeah. I had to move, so I guess I knew. <laughs> remember he unfriended me? He goes, unfriend. <laughs> yeah, for those of you out there who don't know what happened, uh, we, we sent out Christmas cards to a bunch of people that have been on the show, friends of ours, all that kind of stuff. And we had an address list laying on the desk, and Miguel was taking a picture of a, a horse pen that I bought him, and the addresses were all on the table behind it. <laughs> so when he took the snapshot, uh, I think Steve, I think some of the Comic Syndicate guys, uh, various people got their addresses put up on Twitter. And, uh, of course, Mike Lapine saw it and immediately started retweeting it and tagging all of them, being like, hey, look, they're trying to get away your addresses, guys. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but we took it down and we fixed it. <laughs> still, hopefully no, no real damage came from that. <laughs> all right, so moving on. Uh, in August, uh, Marvel is doing variants by various manga artists for all of their books. So, you know, manga is like the Japanese comic books. You know, it's just a different, different style of art. Plenty of uh, manga artists out there can, can draw Marvel heroes. So it'll be interesting to see what some of those variants look like. I don't know much about it. No, I'll be interested to see what it looks like. Okay. <laughs> do you guys remember when when Marvel had their own manga line? I do. I do. I never actually read any of those books, but I remember when it came out. Yeah, because they had like Human Torch, and there was like Young Sexy Namor, um, and then like Spider Man Legend of the Spider Clan, which actually wasn't bad. It was drawn by Scotty Young, and today they'd be like a top ten book. Uh, but back then, no one knew who he was. Um, but that one was actually pretty good. Um, I forget what it was called. It had like some type of like surfing influence name. I don't know. As I said earlier today on the internet, I was thinking about early like early two thousands comics initiatives, and really want to bring back you decide. Um, but I don't know how I'll bring it back. But I want to bring it back. Do you, are you familiar? Do you remember you decide? That was when uh, you gave them like two options, and people voted. On which one? I mean, I, I don't know anything. I was just a reader back then. But basically, apparently, Bill Jemis, even though they all work for Bill Jemis, apparently Bill Jemis, uh, Peter David, and Ron Zimmerman all got into this feud, and they ended up doing their own books where the sales would dictate after like three issues which one would continue and which wouldn't. Uh, hence, you decide. Um, and it was Captain Marvel, David's Captain Marvel versus Zimmerman's um, Hawk, Owl, and Woody, which were his like weird Ultimate Universe versions of Batman and Robin, but it was Hawk, Owl, and Woody. Uh, and then Jemis did a book called Marvel, which was like a satire version of Smallville. Anyway, you should check it out. It was a pretty weird thing. Hmm. And obviously David's Captain Marvel won. <laughs> yeah, because you don't hear too much about Hawk and Woody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So the last piece of comic book news is that uh, at Special Edition New York City, DC announced that there is a tentative plan to do a Batman Eternal Part 2. Huh. Interesting. So I knew you were a big fan of Batman Eternal. Well, you know, when it started off, we, we both thought it was kind of, uh, but then it got really strong in the middle. And kind of the end, they kind of like, yeah, okay. Tapered off a little bit. Yeah. yeah if they would have like, man, they could have done so much with it. But, you know, I have the whole series. So I thought it was pretty good. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. I'll definitely pick it up. I'd be interested to see what they do if they did another whole run of it. Well, you know, I love Batman, so. What's not to love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was 52 issues, and they had Clue Master in it, which is obviously what excited me the most, by the way, the fact that Clue Master was in it. He, he was uh, behind most of it, right? 
I guess, yeah. With a little help from the, uh, from Thomas Wayne, we can't call him Owlman. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I love those deep cuts like more than anybody. So when like they popped up and the villain was Clue Master instead of like a little more mainstream villain, I was super excited. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool because we, yeah, like, we were like, who was the bad guy? Who is, <laughs> like, could it be the Scarecrow? No. We're like, what the hell? We knew it had to be somebody that had inside knowledge. So we, we kept thinking maybe it was one of the Robins that was secretly playing against him or – We thought Hush. Yeah. I mean – It's it's King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. He's been hiding in the sarcophagus for years watching, <laughs> <laughs> watching Batman's every move. <laughs> He's in the sarcophagus in the Batcave. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that would have been hilarious. That would have been a better twist even. I think. Yeah, it would have been. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Nobody would have seen that coming. No? No. But that would have been a classic. Yeah. So that's it for comics. Uh, what do you want next, movies or TV? Uh, give me some TV. TV. Okay. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 got a premiere date. Uh, okay. It's going to come back September 29th at 9 Eastern Time. Wow. Simple. Okay. Uh, Warner Brothers is doing an advanced screening of the Supergirl pilot at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen anything about Supergirl, Steve? Uh, only what you guys have. Okay. Meaning only what the world has. I actually saw the pilot. It got leaked. I was going to say. Same here. I have not seen the uh, officially unreleased pilot. No. Was it good? Yeah, you know, I went into it with really low expectations. You were bashing it. Come on. <laughs> the, the trailer didn't really make it seem terribly appealing to me. But He called it Gilmore Girls it, it, with a cape. It seemed like the personal drama took a, a higher position in the story than the superhero and the crime fighting and that kind of stuff was going to be. But that wasn't the case at all. It was really well balanced and... She did an amazing job. She's really well cast. Uh, the fight scenes were impressive. I, I really liked it. I told you I liked her from Glee. I like I like the actress. I, I never saw that season of Glee, so I don't, I'm not familiar so, with her. So I like the actress, and I thought she did very well. I really enjoyed it. I was like, "This is great! I can't wait to watch it." Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know you. I know you got your heart set on Lucifer. You know, <laughs> Lucifer looks good too. I mean. Got to replace Constantine with something, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking, speaking of our next uh, piece of news, uh, Constantine is dead. Damn it, man. It sucks. Uh, Daniel Serene came out and said, no more. You know, they tried to keep it alive as long as they could. Nobody picked it up. Not even sci-fi? Not sci-fi, not CW. They can make shark crapo and then they can't pick up Constantine? They have really high standards at sci-fi. Sharknado 2, the second one. <laughs> hey, the third one, I think, supposed to have David Hasselhoff. Yeah, because I don't think he's that busy, so that's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Steven Seagal, like you know, every time they're like, oh, "Are you going to do the Expendables movie?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know, I'm really busy doing what?" Lawman like, exploring the KFC double downs. <laughs> <laughs> they can always have Matt Ryan appear in Sharknado Three, just as guy smoking cigarette wearing trench coat, and <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, not actually given that title. Wow. <laughs> That's terrible, though. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Mm. Uh, another Marvel announcement. They have changed the name of AKA Jessica Jones to simply Jessica Jones. They dropped the AKA. Okay. Whatever. I, don't think, I don't think it's a big change, but it, it makes sense because the AKA, I think, really just kind of confused people. And then uh, <laughs> the last piece of TV news is that John Barenthal was cast as the Punisher in Daredevil Season 2. Yeah! Shane! <laughs> Are you a fan of John Barenthal, Steve? Yeah, he's going to do a good job. <laughs> he, is, he is, oh my God, Steve, you can see his face. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn here because I don't, I don't want to disagree with Steve, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm really not. I'm such a big fan of The Punisher. I'm kind of disappointed that he's the person that got chosen for that role. 
I don't know. I say give him a chance. He was good in uh, that that uh, mafia. Uh, what's it? Uh, like in Mob City. I hear you though. Like he's also hammered up. So I can see. I can see that point of view. But I I, I, I do have hope. I think he's showing a little bit of intensity and range. I've seen him in some other movies. Fury, uh, the Brad Pitt movie about the tank. Uh, the Pacific. I think he's pretty decent. I mean, I don't have a problem. We'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I kind of like the guy. I mean, it's not enough to deter me from watching Daredevil, obviously. I'm going to watch it regardless. And all I can do really is hope that, you know, he surpasses my expectations because sometimes you go into things with low expectations like Supergirl and you're really impressed. So who knows? This could be the role where he turns it around for me. But at this point in his career, I'm not a big fan. I know it's not the Punisher you wanted, but it's the Punisher we got. (laughs) (laughs) How you like it's, me now? It's, it's the Punisher you need right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I felt that. I mean, listen, when I when they cast Anofrio as the as Kingpin, I was like, this guy is old and fat. Um, <laughs> and but then I thought he did a great job. So like, you know, people can turn it around. Yeah. Plus, um, Marvel doesn't really do wrong with their with their stuff. I mean, they've been doing so good with all the movies, and even Daredevil was amazing. You know, I have faith in them, even if. I don't have faith in him. <laughs> the major mistake Marvel's ever made is, is that they haven't cast Jeff Goldblum as something yet in those movies. His time will uh, come. Everybody will get a turn. Uh, listen, if, if they cast my spirit animal in a, in a Marvel movie, I will... I don't even know how do. <laughs> I love Goldblum and Lambert more than most people love their own mothers, so and those will be big days for me. I was kind of hoping Lambert would play Bad Truck the Leaper, even though he's like 75 years old. <laughs> I could see that, though. Well, he's the only prominent French character in Marvel's. <laughs> it's time for another Highlander, man. Uh, we're getting dude, but I think it's a reboot or something. Anyway, it won't be Christophe Lambert. <sighs> and really, there can be only one. So That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if like, they made the entire movie with new people? And they get to the end, and he just walks by and decapitates the guy. <laughs> That'd be freaking awesome. I would be totally. And I mean, again, it's not like he's doing much. It's like when you were talking about Mad Max. I'm saying, tell me, Mel Gibson showed up and kicked everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> now that movie didn't even need Mel Gibson. <laughs> Did you see Mad Max, uh, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. I'm gonna see it. <laughs> you still haven't seen it? No. Oh man, <laughs> I don't have any time between baseball and everything else. I'm sorry. I got to see that in Jurassic World. Too busy manscaping. I got you. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on to movies, uh, there's really only one movie-ish piece of news, and that is that Lego is going to be releasing sets based on the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice movie sometime in early to mid-2016. So see Donnelly will be extremely excited. Exactly. Uh, You can get some Batman vs. Superman Lego sets. (laughs) Because everything is awesome. Yeah, everything is awesome, apparently. Everything is awesome. And that's it. That's (laughs) it for the news this week. So... You got any uh, any news you want to share, Steve? I don't know if I do. I think I already gave dropped my big hint that I have two announcements coming out this summer. That's a pretty big hint uh, for me because it means I'm still working in comics. But uh, well, those are the big things. Uh, as you as you watch San Diego, there'll be there'll be two big things I'll be talking about there. What else? Uh, if you're listening in New York, I'll be at FlameCon uh, in Brooklyn this weekend, uh, doing some panels and talking about punching in, in the face. Um, and actually, you know, we can announce, I was joking, but now we'll do it. There's, you know, there, I, Midnight didn't get a June promotion, uh, like, you know, the Harley Quinn masks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my own June promotion where if you see me or summer promotion, or if you see me at shows and you bring something, you can take a picture of me kicking it or knocking it over, uh, as though I were a Midnighter. 
Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna bring so, bring, thank you. so bring something for me to lamely knock over and take a picture, and that that, that is the promotion for Midnighter. <laughs> I, I especially like knocking over things like tiny beer kegs, um, small chairs. I basically miniatures of any kind. I, I like knocking over. So make it happen. Maybe a Hess truck. That'd be good. Just to get on your knees. Knock him down, Steve. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> your soul is mine. <laughs> That's cool. And when you do make it, to the, make it down to Austin, we'll definitely, definitely come see you. Hopefully you can make it to Houston next year. It'd be nice to have you down at Comicalooza. And I do love barbecue, so, you know. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Or to make that happen. Oh, my God. It's like, well, I mean, we have some good barbecue up here, but it's a different type, you know? Like, it's not the, it's not like the dryer vinegar style barbecue, which I'm a fan of. You can't really get that good in New York. Well, they got that really good place in Austin. That you actually got to drive yeah, out Austin to get to it. I, I have Hulu, so I see, I've seen that commercial. Like the two things I know because of Hulu advertising: a that uh, Japanese chefs like to go to Austin to try barbecue, and b that Carrie D. English has psoriasis. Um, <laughs> I know so much about Stellara; it's insane. This is what happens when you don't have a TV and want to watch things. There's only three people that do ad buys on Hulu, and I've seen them all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know so much about psoriasis medicine now. You're going to see a joke about that at Midnighter. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I could survive without a TV. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I could. I mean, I, I watch pretty much anything on the internet or my phone anyways. Like, I don't really need my TV. The only time I really watch is when I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep. I just listen to the to the dulcet sounds of cats fighting slash fucking that you get all over Albany. Uh, I get lots of that in my house. I have four cats. <laughs> quietly drift away to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Steve, you need to start a, a Twitter page for your cat. <laughs> I, I don't have a cat. They're not my cat. <laughs> you need to get one. Start a Twitter page for a random cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was howling outside my window. <laughs> this here is the cat nighter. <laughs> well, speaking of Twitter... Uh, if you want to follow us on the internet, you can find us in a couple different places. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. And if you want to follow the great Steve Orlando, you can find him at. That's at the Steve Orlando. And uh, also, I want to remind everybody there's a few places you can find the show. Uh, if you didn't find us on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, you can listen to us on nerdbong.com, where our good friends, the Comic Syndicate, are also hosted. And uh, shout out to them real quick for sending us shirts. Uh, we got some real cool Comic Syndicate shirts in the mail the other day, so thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm walking around with it. The, I wear it a lot, you know. It says the villain on it, so I'm introducing myself as Josias. Nice. <laughs> uh, also, you can find us on Wicked Radio Network or on Beyond the Dawn Radio or on Lightning Radio. That's L-I-G-H-T-E-N-I-N-G. Uh, You're a great speller. <laughs> com. Uh, we air every Saturday at 8 p.m. on their site. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So don't forget to go to BedrockCity.com and use the promo code BEDROCK to get 20% off of your apparel purchase. And uh, you want to close this out, Steve? Until next time, keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect.